Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Can I just talk to you today? Can, can I just come in as a, as, a, as a father in the house? And sometimes fathers come into the house and then they have to remind the children of things. And if I could come as a father today and just remind you of some things as we're in this legacy series, uh, I want you to see something bigger than, oh, uh, we're going we're gonna to need some dollars. Uh, are we going to need some dollars? Answer to the question. Yes, we are going to need some dollars. Because nothing really happens if you don't have the people and the dollars to do it. That's just the reality. I didn't create that. God created it. He created a system in which you go to work tomorrow and you're going to give effort, energy, talent, sweat, innovation. You're going to give yourself and whoever your employer is or if you work for yourself, the customer is, they're going to trade you something for it. It's called currency. And so you're going to give it. So in fact, a while ago when you re- we, we talked about tithes and offerings, you're coming, you're not really bringing money, are you? It's not really that. You're giving of yourself. You're giving something that, by the way, and do you know where you got the ability to do that? It came from God. It, it actually came from him. And so it's reminded, I, I heard Shaq, I don't know if y'all read that article about Shaq and his, and his kids, and he told his kids, we ain't rich, I'm rich. <laughs> How many of you like to tell your kids that? We ain't rich, I'm rich. What was he saying? No, no, everything that you've got came from me. Everything. It, it doesn't belong to you, it belongs to him. Even the ability to get it came from him, the ability to do that. And so I want to remind you of some things. I kind of feel like Peter this morning, the Apostle Peter. And I, want to, I just want to quote the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 1. Uh, and I'm not the Apostle Peter, but I just want to quote the Apostle Peter. And he's going, I think it's right to uh, refresh your memory. As long as I live in this tent of this body, because I know that I will soon be put, put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Watch what he goes on to say. Is that, is that it? Is that 12 through 15? Go back. I want to read it again because I want to make sure. See, I started at 13. Go back to 12. Uh, yeah, we, do we start here? Watch this. So I will always what? Yeah, so... Peter's, Peter's saying to the church, look, I'm always going to be reminding you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Go, now go to 13. I think it's right to refresh your memory. Go Now go to 15. And then he's going to go, go to 15. Next slide. And I will make every effort to see after my... You will... So even in my role going, okay, I got to make sure we always remember. Don't ever forget. And Peter said, even though you already know this, I'm still going to remind you. How many of you are good parents? 
what do you do? You're you're mainly just reminding your kids of things you said. Your kids are going, I know, mama. I know, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to refresh your memory, right? You're just always reminding and reminding. Why is Peter saying, I'm going to keep reminding you? Because we seem to, we seem to forget. And so I want to just remind you of some things about over the topic of legacy, Legacy is, legacy is where you're going to leave something behind. You're not going to be there anymore, but you're still going to influence what happens in the future. That's what a legacy is. I want to confess to you, I never thought much about legacy. I always thought about me, mine, time, now, what God's called me to do. But as I get older, you start thinking about legacy. Anybody here over 50? Raise your hand. If you have over 50, all right. There's all the wisdom in the room. Everybody else is not so wise. No, I'm kidding. No, no. when you get over 50 and your kids start leaving the house and leaving you as empty nesters, which is awesome. Can I get an amen? I see people high-fiving each other. And they're, yeah. No, it's awesome, but then you start thinking, you go, what are, okay, okay, it's really not about us anymore, it's about, we're not even thinking about our kids, I've told my kids, I mean, we've really started thinking as William gets married, our girls are going to get married in the future, in Jesus' name, and then they're all going to bring us grandbabies, which is, it's just all we're asking for. We're not asking for them to return every sacrifice we ever made for them, we're just saying, would you please bring us grandchildren to pay us back? for not killing you. And then you start thinking, okay, now then, then we're going, Heidi and I were talking about, okay, what are, what are we going to leave the kids? And we're going, well, it, we don't even care about the kids. We care about the kids' kids. We want to make sure our kids have something so they can take care of our grandchildren. We don't really care about them. We're rich. Are y'all tracking with me? So you, you're thinking about that next year. We've already brought them all in. Go, look, here's the deal. We're going to leave. We, listen, we ain't going to leave y'all any money. We're going to leave you a house. We're going to leave you a little piece of land right there. Y'all can sell it. You can split it. You can fight over it. We don't really care, but just take care of our grandchildren. Just, just take care of our grandbaby. Because you're going, and, and, there, and I'm sure there's going to be things that they're going to teach their children that we taught them. Because there's things that we teach our children that our parents taught us, and then we want that to continue on. Christ first in your life. We, we, we want to teach them the stories of faith so that when they grow old, they won't depart from those things. So what was once a curse, thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, Heidi's parents. Thank you for breaking that curse and starting the blessing so that one day, as the scripture says, your grandbabies will come sit at your feet and call you blessed. That's what you want. I know you're thinking about the car you want right now, but that will not be what you're thinking about when you're 50. Plus, you won't care what kind of car you drive. They all look the same from heaven, baby. They rectangle. And they get you from A to B. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Jesus is going to set the example of a legacy. He's, he's going to be here on this earth for 33 years. His ministry only lasted three, three years. His congregation 
wasn't even as big as mine. It was 12. A very small congregation spent three years investing in the life of 12 men. Just stay with me, Vic. You've been here this long, bro. I mean, what's the deal? We're going to make him earn his paycheck this week, folks. Leave a legacy. Watch this. And, and then, and then he's, he, he's, he's going to leave, right? He, he's only here for three years. And then he's going to leave. Of course, Pastor Nick has been taking you guys through the book of Acts, which is the birth of the legacy. It, it's going. Now, y'all continue. Y'all just keep on going with what I've been doing. In fact, I'm going to take you to one of the key verses of it, of the book of Acts, Acts 1-8, where he says, but, and this is the promise of Jesus. You're going to receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea. Let me, let me translate that. In Opelousas, down in Latel, in, in, in St. Landry Parish, and even to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you to just, let's just zero in on the word witness. What's a witness? Well, a witness is someone who's seen and heard. When you get called to court to be a witness, they want you to tell what you've seen and what you've heard. I don't want you to get too wrapped up in what, what is a witness? A witness is not the preacher on the street who's yelling at everybody. A witness is someone who can say what Jesus has done for me. Here's what I've seen and here's what I've heard. Oh, people can argue scripture with you all day long, but they can't argue with what, they've, what you've seen and what you've heard. Are you with me? Look, this is what happened to me. So Jesus, don't miss this. Here, here's, he's the hero. Jesus comes on this earth for 33 years, three years of public ministry, and he is going to be a witness of what the Father is really like. In fact, he is the Father. Y'all do know that, right? God came in the flesh. He came. He was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. He came to be a representation, a witness of what the heavenly Father is all about. In fact, you, remember, you might even remember the time he stepped inside. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. He steps into the synagogue and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, quoting Isaiah. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set captives free, to heal the sick. And then he says, and the season of grace has begun. And then he drops the mic and sits down. And then the disciples are going to pick that very mantle up and now they're going to continue the legacy of what Jesus did. Everybody say, with our lips and with our lives. Yeah, yeah, look, look at me right here because I can tell you one's more powerful than the other. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. He starts this legacy of 
Look, most of the, I, we, we were talking about this the other day. Only one miracle that Jesus did that we can think of. You may, you may come up afterwards. Do not send me an email. Send it to Pastor Myron. Uh, the only one I can remember off the top of my head miracle that Jesus did ever inside of the church was a man with a withered hand. The rest of them were not inside the church. They were outside of the church. Can I, can I help you? I'm praying that God will do miracles again, Lord, not in the church, out of the church, to declare who you are to the world. The beauty of the pandemic, and there's always the good in the bad. He turns what was meant for evil, turns it for good. Hearts are now open like never before to hear the good news, to see and to hear the good news of Jesus. Can I get an amen? So you watch this. He comes to be a word, lips, he lived it with his lip and his life. life. And now we say, now go do the same. What you saw me do, do. What you heard me say, say. What you saw me do, do. What you heard me say, say. Y'all tracking? What you heard, saw me do, do. Do, do. And then what you heard me say, say. He, he just said, this is just follow this legacy. And so that legacy has continued for 2,000 years that people who saw are now doing and people who heard are now saying, and now you're part of that legacy too. You would not be here if they didn't pick up that legacy and continue it. Are you with me? So every generation has a responsibility to continue the legacy, to hear and say, to see and do. It's interesting. We, uh, Pastor, thank you, Dr. Scott, for sending this. But I, I, even, even biblical times, when you start thinking about, and I'll give you some real, real life illustrations. I mean, you, you start thinking, and, and Dr. Scott is the one who mentioned this. He, he just said, even, even the hospitals that are in our community now. They, Jesus comes and they used to take sick people and, and isolate them out of the cities and wouldn't let them in. Jesus was one that would go, no, I'm going to walk among the lepers and touch them. Hospitals in our world didn't begin because somebody said, I want to be a doctor. They began because Jesus went among the sick and he healed them. That most hospitals around the world that ever began were begin by believers, Christians, doing the ministry of healing in the name of Jesus. I, I read this morning, I, I, I'm just, let me just, Our Lady of Lords. Have you ever read their mission statement? It, it sounds like they've been at Our Savior's church. It's like, no, no, we want to continue the ministry, the healing ministry of Jesus. We want every patient to walk in and to be spiritually ministered to as they walk through this sickness. Would you, Christianity has put an imprint on our world that is that if it weren't there, if you took it out, this place would be hell on earth. What about our universities? It was Jesus who walked in, who made no distinction between children, women, ethnicity, who walked in and said, whosoever will, I'm not willing that anybody should perish. Bring the children here. Women were a key part of his ministry. Come on, girls. 
Get on up here on Thursday night and say, I'm going to continue the legacy. We need women. Women can get it done. Women can get 10 things done. Men, not so much. One thing. Men can only get one thing done at a time. And we got to complete that and then we can go to the next one. But women can do 10 at one time. Come on, men. You ought to say amen. You know that's true. Just ask your wife, what do we got to do to baby? And she'll go, we got to do one, number two, we got to do three, we got to do four. You gotta, and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Can you just give me one at a time? Is that true, Pat? Is that true? All right. What about, no, no, education. Watch this. Do you, even in America, thank you, Dr. Scott. Even in America, watch this. this Dr. Scott wrote this. Nearly every one of the first 123 colleges and universities in America was found for Christian purposes. Harvard was founded and established by the, from the donation of a pastor. Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, William & Mary, Brown, NYU, and Northwestern were all founded by Christians to train people to love the Lord Jesus with all of their minds. Take Christianity out. Take it out. Now we have a mandate. We. Then we get, everybody gets up to the plate with the bat. And you got to take some swings. You get an opportunity to go, let's continue a legacy. Let's continue it. What does that mean? I want to leave something behind that's still going to be influential to our world, even though I may not be here anymore. I thank God for people sitting in this room, many of you, many of you who were a part of the sacrificial gifts to get this building up here and running. And by the will of God, this will be a beacon for years and years when we're all dead and gone. It's glory days will be before it. It will still be here preaching the gospel saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing legacy. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Amen. I, I want to I just talk about this legacy year because I think this one's a little special for us. When Pastor Jacob mentioned last week, he said, hey, we have a goal. We, we do. We, last, I think it was the last time we, did, we didn't do a legacy during COVID seasons. But the last year that we did one, we raised a million dollars in a day. One day. And we, let's, we go, let's do it again. Let's raise a million. And, and it, it's not the million. There's a cry coming. And I want to make sure that I lay that out for you because it's impacting your very neighborhood. It may be even impacting next door. And it may be even impacting inside of the walls of your own house. And, there, and if we don't do something, say something, do something. If we don't do something, I think it will be derelict of duty. I, I really believe this. I think we're at the place, Pastor Jacob prayed this the other day, and I thought this is so prophetic. We're at the point now where remember Moses in the wilderness 
and he finds the bush, the burning bush that doesn't burn, and the voice comes from it, that's the Father, and he says to him, I have heard the cry of my people. It's almost as if God has heard the cries of the mothers, the fathers, and the single mothers of our community. There is something that is epidemic going on. It's, 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 it's Satan likes to be the snake. He doesn't like to be the lion. He likes to be the snake. He, he likes to make sure it's happening without too many people knowing about it. We have an epidemic in our nation with opioids, fentanyl. It is being released on this young generation. And you could say it's impacting the world. The truth is it's impacting our very community. Just a few weeks ago on a Saturday, one of our local funeral homes did four Four funerals of young people who either somehow was connected to drugs and fentanyl right here in our own community. In the last three months, Our Savior's Church has done nine funerals. Nine. It's coming, baby. It's coming. It's been in our heart for many years to start something, to do something about it. And now is that time. I, I want to I just lay this out for you because it's very important. We said, one, if we could raise a million dollars, here's what we would do with it. One, we've been working, Pastor Jacob's kind of been spearheading this. We've been working with some of the district attorneys of Acadiana and surrounding areas and, and, and trying to tackle this problem because here's what's happening. There's not enough jails to take and to arrest someone for drugs and then to put them in it. Most of them are not drug dealers. They've just been caught. It's it's the new bondage. It's the new slavery. And and you go, wow, I mean, there's got, got, jail's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. It's not jail. It's Jesus. God has opened up a door. There is a facility, a Christian discipleship facility that is an expert in getting young men off out of the street and in an environment to see them saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and set free from this bondage and this addiction. It's called Adult and Teen Challenge in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. We have a lot of friends and people that have gone through that program, come out on the other side, and some of them sit in our very church. It's incredible. They can take over 200 men. They've been functioning for, I forget, 40, 50 years. Treatment centers today with about a 10% cure rate will take you for 30 days and cost you about $1,000 a day with a 10% cure rate. Adult and Teen Challenge will take you to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, take you there. You can be there for one year and then graduate the program to come back and it costs $500 to get in. Isn't that incredible? Watch this. We've been working with some of our DAs to go, listen, if you've got a kid that comes in 
You already know who they are because they're in your family too. Who wants to be free will pay for it. We'll pay for it. We'll give, this is underground railroad stuff, folks. This is Harriet Tubman. The DAs were saying, listen, we got a DA right now, just on record saying, if you'll do that, I'll expunge their record if they graduate. I'll wipe it clean. I'll wipe it clean. If a young person, and he said, when can we start? When can we start to give? You want to go to jail or you want to get Jesus? Come on, somebody, you talk about miracles outside. The DA going, you want jail or you want Jesus? We're about to build more jails. We're about to spend, in St. Landry Parish, about to spend, I forget how much millions it's going to cost. We're about to spend some more of your tax money to build more jails. We just have to decide. Are we just going to keep building more jails? Listen, the enemy is unleashed on this generation. We have to do something. Michael Hankins and his wife, Victoria, I don't know if they're here this morning. They'll be at the 11. Our Pastor Jacob may have them in Lafayette today. Michael's been through the program, Cape Girardeau. He's been through it, has served in the Adult Teen Challenge, joined our staff. So we've got two prongs to this. One is to take $100,000, set it aside, and we'll start paying the $500 for every, and deliver them there. That's what we're going to do. Michael and Victoria have already been working on it. We haven't even started yet. They were, I think last we heard was 28. Already, Pastor Jacob says, if I go public with this, I'm going to get on the radio. Say, listen, if you're tired, you're ready, we'll get you there. It's in our streets. We were telling Chief McClendon about it the other day. He's like, I'm in. He's like, I can see Chief right now going, you want to go to jail or you want Jesus? Give me Jesus. All right, get him to Cape Girardeau. I said, we'll pay for it. There's a second tier to that. There's the get there, come back. Listen, here's, we, we, we actually purchased a home in Sunset, a house. We're calling it the retreat at Sunset. Some of those young men who are going to go to that program. If you're there in Cape Girardeau, they give you an opportunity to say six more months to intern and to become part of the ministry. We said, let's do this. Let's do something where if there's a young man who has the call of God on his life, who's gone through, he's gone through discipleship, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, now has God as first place in his life, who served now helping others get free. And if God has a call on his life, let's provide an opportunity to take him and get him the ministry training that he needs so he can become a pastor and to start and, and to really begin his ministry. Oh, wouldn't that be incredible? That the very young man that used to be on the street, who's been set free, delivered, saved, born again, delivered, who has a ministry call in his life, that we could take him and train him and get him ready for the... He might be your pastor in the future. Michael Hankins was that man. And he will be one of our pastors in the future. Are you kidding me? No, it's called redemption. And so we bought that property saying, if we find that young man or a business or an entrepreneurial gift, 
on this life. If we find him, we're going to open up a door and have an opportunity to take five or six guys and disciple them and then get them on to the ministry or to the business so that they can be a part of our society again. Are are y'all tracking with me? So Underground Railroad all the way up. We could, we, could, we could send over 200 this year young people to that. And if God shines the light on four, five, six, maybe seven young men that God's hand is on in a vetting process, we've worked all of that out, then the retreat at sunset will be the home that we would do that at, that we would train those young men. They'll be a part of our church. In fact, they'll be at this campus. Those young men will be at this campus serving with you, walking together, and we'll be be able to champion them to see them fulfill the purposes of God. Is that exciting? Come on, somebody. Look at me. And then, of course, we know that sex trafficking, it, it, it lays under the radar. I read an article about Tim... How did Tim Tebow get this idea? He's been very close to our church. And uh, it was actually his father that was on a missions trip that bought four girls. You go, he bought four girls. Yeah, because he saw them being sex trafficked and enslaved. And he had enough money in his pocket to buy for four of their freedom. And he bought four to set them free. And he said, we got to do something. And now that used to be, that used to be out there, but now it's here. And we can close our eyes or we can do something. And so that we said we would take $250,000 of it and we would join with the Tebow Foundation because we want to be a part of doing something. It's supposed to be part of our legacy. Watch it. So 100,000 to Underground Railroad. 200,000 to get this ministry up, the retreat at sunset. $250,000 to partner with the Tebow Foundation. And then, can I tell you something that really excites me? $100,000 to each of our local campuses to meet the local needs that are glaring in our very own city. Can I remind you of something? Because you'll forget. This wasn't an easy campus to start. I don't know if you knew that. It was a lot of different variables. In this community, there was division. That division was not just racial. That division was religious as well. The division was socioeconomic as well. So any way you could divide it, it was divided. And so even coming here, even, even the beginning, I don't know, some of you might not remember, we started at WCA was our first services, but then we found the Delta Grand Theater. And I don't know that y'all remember this, but we had to fight the parish to use it because the parish owned it because we were a church. From, from day one, it's been a fight. And then we moved from there to, to the uh, Civic Center. And I don't know if y'all know this, but the Civic Center is owned by the city. 
So we had to fight the parish, fought them, and won. Fight the city, and won. No, that, the city was fine. They, they, were, they were cool. Uh, then, then the schools, which is other, another government entity, you just kept, and then this land. Do y'all remember how we got this land? Oh, I'm going to remind you. I'm doing my Peter thing. I'm reminding you this land was $3 million. I shook hands with the owner of the land and he said, done, $3 million. I said, you got it. We'll give you 132 acres, $3 million. We was at Java Square having coffee. I had a witness right there, Todd Thompson. I shook his hand and I said, great. And it was about a week later that the city and the parish and everybody went to go see him. They brought him mixed drinks. They brought him beer. They brought him everything and said, please, whatever you do, don't sell that to the church. And you're going to ask why? Because the church, they said, isn't going to provide the tax dollars that the city needs and the parish needs. Now, they had no idea that we were going to develop it and sell it, make more tax dollars than they could ever do. Yeah, don't clap yet. And then they brought, then they brought another buyer to the table. Love's truck stop. Love's. I think it's Christian owned and operated. I think it is. So they're brothers. They offered $5 million. What did we offer? Three. What did they offer? Be honest. If you shook Pastor Yu's hand for three and somebody was offering you five, how many of you would say, ooh, I rut row, what do I do now? Oh, come on, you're all up in church. You're like, oh, I would do with the what I would do. I remember when I got the call and said, from the owner and said, hey, I got offered $5 million. I'm sorry. I remember. I mean, I, 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 I went off in Jesus' name. You can go off, just do it in the name of Jesus. Y'all want to know, y'all want to hear a little bit of it, how it went? I said, let me tell you something, sir. You shook my hand. Back where I'm from, the handshake is a man's word. You gave me your word. I'm willing to do my part of the word, which is to bring you a check for $3 million. You need to be willing to do your part to sell it. Is your integrity worth $2 million? That's all I'm asking because you shook my hand. That is not right. It is not right to do that. I just want to remind you, I just represent God. I'm not God. I'm just representing God. You're selling this property to the work of God. If you want to turn that down for $2 million, go right ahead. Because I I, I can tell you that $2 million is going to be gone before you can even blink an eye. You need to honor your word. I'm going to leave it at that. That's, That's going off in Jesus' name. I won't go through the whole thing, but I can tell you about two weeks later, he called me. All right. I couldn't sleep last night. I said, really? I tossed and turned. I mean, I just couldn't sleep. My mind just going crazy about all these things. And I got to do the right thing. Y'all know who was in that bedroom at three o'clock in the morning, right? 
That was the Holy Spirit just tormenting. The Holy Spirit will mess with you. And he's just in there. You're going to do the right thing. And he's in there just around this. Oh, oh I, I, I called me and just said, we'll do it. Everything's been a fight. I just want to remind you. This church got off the ground and going, not because of what we were doing in here, but because of what we were doing out there. I want to, please forgive me. I want to repent. Pastor Nick, please forgive me. I want to repent to you. The last couple of years of our tenure here was getting this building done. And you went, we got busy with here and forgot about there. That's on me. That's my responsibility. I was a leader. But I can say, going forward, I can't do anything about yesterday. But I can do something about tomorrow. Going forward, we're going to take that $100,000, which is going to give us the dollars we need. And I don't know if we have any people that are willing to be a part of that. I said, I don't know if we have any people, because you need dollars and people. If we had some people that were willing to be a part of that, then we can take that and begin to meet the needs in our community and be a witness to it, be its witness of who Jesus is in action, what they see, which means they'll be open to hear. Oh, no, can I take you back? Listen, listen, if you're here and you're African-American descent, listen, look at me, remember? Don't go to that church, that's a white church. We don't go to, stay with your people. White people, listen. Oh, oh, they're just trying to just trying to build a black church. I can remember, listen to me. I can remember the first harvest festival we did at one of the parks and the one of the popos, I won't mention his name, Perry Gallo. <laughs> Y'all know Perry? Yeah, you call him. Tell him I'm looking for him. Perry Gallo pulls up, chief of police. There's about 2,000 people out there. And he walks up and goes, I want to I find the, who's the leader of this group. And I don't know him. He don't know me. He comes pulling up, comes over there, got his badge on, his gun on, little Barney Five spirit up on him. You tell him I said that too. You tell him. Tell him I said Barney Five spirit. And he comes walking up there. Oh, what you, oh here's, I'm uh, Chief uh, Gallo of the Opelous Police Department. I was just wondering, what, 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 what are you doing out here? And it's a harvest festival, right? The kids are running around. We're giving them candy and jumping. And then there's just, I don't know, there's 3,000 people out there. It's just everywhere. I mean, all of our teams do an incredible job. It's just like right in the middle, middle of the hood. And it, 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 there ain't no problems. Everybody's having fun, just line dancing and all kinds of stuff. Just, I mean, if you didn't know any better, you'd think, man, this is, this is like a club, like a nightclub out here. Kids everywhere. 
And he goes, well, I just wonder what's going on. I said, well, it's a harvest festival. Well, well, what is your goal? What's your purpose? I said, for the kids to have a good time. I said, hey, you having a good time? Oh, yeah, there. You know. <laughs> Check. <laughs> and he, well, well, I just want to know, I mean, what's, what's the long range goal? I said, what are you getting at? He said, well, uh, you know, the word on the street is that you, you're trying to be the mayor. I looked at him, I said, well, all, all due respect, chief, that would be a step down. I said, chief, I got one purpose and one goal. To be a witness to the love and the grace and the saving power of Jesus to a community that people have forgotten about. That's our only purpose. It's time. What do you want me to do, Pastor you? I want you to take it. I've already filled mine out. I'm, I'm, Heidi and I got to go first. We already talked about it. So, Baby, here's what we need to do. She goes, I agree. Let's do it. And uh, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of every young man who gets in a van and goes to Cape Girardeau, Missouri to be set free from slavery. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of every young man that comes out who's on fire for God and has a call of ministry on his life to help him get to the purpose and destiny which God has called him. I want to be a part of every girl we can get off the streets and out of the hands of some pervert and get them restored, redeemed in the name of Jesus. And I want to be a part of seeing that little kid run around with green teeth and a purple tongue because we gave him too much candy and his mother hates us because he can't sleep for three days. And to be a part of a church, a family, in a community that people might have forgotten about, but Jesus never forgot about it. I'll give anything for that. And so what I want you to do with this card, I want you to pray. I'm not asking for money. I'm just asking that you would pray about it and then you would do what God tells you to do. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. $50, $100, $5,000, $20,000, $50,000. It's going to take all of us to do it. It's not, equal, it's not equal gifts. It's never been about equal gifts. It's about each of us sacrificing. If we'll all just sacrifice then we'll, we're going to see God do abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. We have a responsibility to leave a legacy. You do, and I do. Let's do our part. Pray. On one side, I want you to write down your greatest need. These cards will go straight to the finance office. They're going to print out those needs and they're going to send them back to the churches so our prayer teams and our churches can be praying over every single one of them. We're not going to see the other side. I won't see it. I won't know what, who gave what. It doesn't even matter. But it's going to be where we're going to bring that next week 
So we're asking you to bring your greatest gift next week that you possibly can. If you're like me, I can't bring my gift probably until right after the first of the year. So Heidi and I are going to write on there. It, it's an IOU. It will be coming in January, February, March, somewhere in there. It will be coming. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're going to go, I'm going to give a little over, you know, each month and week, whatever. Whatever you want to do, let's reach this million dollars in Jesus' name. And let's leave a legacy. Amen. Can you give God all the praise? I want to pray for you. Father, I just ask in Jesus' name, as we ask you one thing, Lord, what would you have us do? And I ask God that you would speak to every household here, open the windows of heaven over their life, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's Pastor Nick. Hey, before you go, don't, don't leave yet. Pastor Eugene said a word at the very beginning. He said the word witness. It's, it's Acts chapter one, witness. Everybody say witness. There's this story in John four where Jesus has this encounter with a woman at a well. And from reading the account, the woman realizes who Jesus is. We could say that she gave her life to Jesus. The woman leaves the well. She's a shunned woman. Nobody in the town has anything to do with her. And it says she runs back to town and she says these words, come and see a man. That's what a witness does. This building is beautiful. But if we just do it together and we never meet a man, then we've missed it. All the things that we're going to give to are amazing. But the reason why they're so amazing is because in Teen Challenge, young men are going to be able to meet a man. These women who are getting trafficked, yes, they're getting free from this horrific act, but the byproduct is they're going to meet a man. And his name is Jesus. And everything that we do is amazing, but if we just do it to come and meet Pastor Eugene, amazing as it is, we've missed it. Everything we're doing is because there is a man that we want people to meet. His name is Jesus. If not, if we don't attach Jesus to it, then we're just making ham sandwiches for people. We, we're doing this because there is a man that people need to meet. His name is Jesus. And that is our prayer that every young man that we send a teen challenge, they meet Jesus. Every young woman who's being trafficked, that they meet Jesus. That every outreach that we do in St. Landry Parish, they meet Jesus. It's why we built this building, not just to gather on a Sunday morning. It's so that you would walk in, help me out, and meet. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. You came here this morning to meet a man. You didn't come here to hear a sermon. You didn't come here to witness a band. You didn't come here to hear Pastor Eugene. You came here this morning to meet Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know what the reason why you think you came today. But the real reason why you came here is to meet a man. This man can do more for you than any other man. This man stepped down from the throne of heaven, took off his God suit, put on skin, became a baby, lived a sinless life and took my sin and your sin and he put it on himself and he nailed it to a cross and he died in our place. 
That's the man. His name is Jesus. Jesus said these words. No man can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he's born again. No man can see the kingdom of heaven unless he's born again. Verily I say to you, you must be born again. How are we born again? It's as simple as A, B, C, A. You just admit. Admit what? That you're a sinner. That you've fallen short. Every person in this place, we have one thing in common. We're all sinners and we've all fallen short. We just admit that. We're nothing without him. Be you believe. Believe what? That Christ alone became the sin bearer for you and your sins. On the cross at Calvary, he took your sin, your shame, and your guilt, and he died for it. You just believe that and see. You confess them. The book of Romans says in the Bible that those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, they shall be saved or born again. This morning, I'm going to pray a prayer with you right where you are. You came here today, and if you don't know the man, you came here for this sole reason, to meet Jesus. And if you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, he wants to forgive you of your sins this morning. He wants to meet you right where you are. He wants to come inside your heart. And if that's you today, nobody's looking at me. I want to pray a prayer with you right where you are in your seat. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Nick, would you pray for me? I want to meet Jesus personally this morning. Would you raise it real high? Real high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands up. Thank you. Church, we're going to pray out loud with dozens of people that have raised their hand. We're going to join our faith with theirs. Can we say this together this morning? Would you say this? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe it on the cross. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me, so I would not have to go. And you rose on the third day to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. And today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father, and Jesus is my Savior, and heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give all those that prayed that prayer today a big, big hand clap?